You're listening to a not-for-print podcast, independent Australian podcasting. This episode of All My Friends Are In Bar Bands was recorded on the land of the Gadigal Wongal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to elders past and present, and we acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded, and this always was, always will be, Aboriginal land. Enjoy the episode. David James Young here back for another week of All My Friends Are In Bar Bands and it is wonderful to be in your company once again. Thank you so much for tuning in and checking this out, whether this is your first, 10th or 170th odd time here. Really appreciate you listening and today's episode is a great one. This is one that has been a really long time coming, given I have known these guys for practically half my life. Today's guests are Al Grigg and Tom Wallace, who were originally part of the band Red Riders before going on to form Palms, which is the subject of today's conversation primarily. Uh, they have a brand new EP out. It's their first new music in six years. The EP is called Intensity Sunshine and it is out today. Yeah, by the time that you hear this, obviously it will still be out, as I always say. But uh, yeah, definitely go and check it out. It is yeah such a breath of fresh air and it's so, so wonderful to hear these guys back in action after so many years in absentia. Given they were back on the scene, I figured now was as good a time as ever to go over to Al's house and chat with him and Wally about just the entire career of these two because, yeah, not only did they go through Red Riders together in the 2000s, but they've had palms through the 2010s. Not only that, but Al also plays in Straight Arrows, so... There was so, so, so much to talk about, and uh, yeah, it was really, really something. This goes pretty in-depth, which tends to happen when I'm talking to people that I've known for as long as I've known guys like Al. Uh, But uh, yeah, if you are interested in kind of Sydney 2000s folklore, and indeed Sydney 2010s Sydney scene folklore... Uh, then there is plenty to sink your teeth into for this week's episode. I want to give a massive thank you to Al off the top uh, for being kind enough to let me come over to his place and record the episode there. Also want to give a big thank you to Lulu Ray over at Brain Drain PR for helping to set this one up as well. Won't leave you too much longer. Just a quick reminder that this podcast is made possible with the help and the support of people just like yourself. If you like what you hear, head on over to iTunes slash Apple Podcasts or indeed wherever you get your podcasts from. Leave a rating five stars, please. Leave a review if you feel so inclined. Don't forget to subscribe as well. We are available wherever you get your podcasts from. Tell a friend about it. Maybe you have some friends that are big Palms fans or were big Red Riders fans, either or. 
Probably both. Like, that's a pretty safe Venn diagram if I've ever seen one. And if you are interested in supporting a little bit further, going above and beyond, then you can support me over on Patreon for as little as $1 a month. You will gain access to bonus content, playlists, reviews, early episodes, and a bunch of other stuff in and around my work as a musician, a podcaster, and a journalist. Like we always do at the start of every month, I want to give a big, big thank you to everyone helping to keep the lights on over at Bar Bands HQ. So a huge, huge thank you to Bill Robinson, Blake Hanequin, Chris Kearns, Dave McCarthy, David Armstrong, David Beckett, Elliot J. O'Neill, Eloise Young, Felix Hubble, Jeremy Dillon, Jonathan Elvery, Carly Herring, Kira Lakova, Lachlan Kanawick, Liam Sherlaw, Mark Wilson, Mary Gleason, Matthew Lynch, Patty Abelos, Paul McWhorter, Philip Spiteri, and Will McDougall. If you would like to join this list of certifiable legends, you can do so by heading over to patreon.com slash David James Young. That is P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash David James Young. If you would like to get in touch in the meantime, barbandspod at gmail.com, B-A-R-B-A-N-D-S-P-O-D is the place to go. You can also head over to Instagram and follow along with the Not For Print Podcast Network, which Barbands is a part of. That's Not For Print Pods on Instagram. You can also follow me on Instagram at DJYWrites, W-R-I-T-E-S. And that's going to do it. Let's cross now to my chat with Alex Gregg and Tom Wallace from Palms. I'm David James Young, and all my friends are in bar bands. Today, I'd like to introduce you to my friends, Paul. Yes. Hello. Hello. Please introduce yourselves. Uh, I'm Al Grigg. Uh, I, I sing and play guitar in Palms. And write the songs. And write the songs. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? Ah, uh, me. Ah, uh, me. <laughs> I'm Tom. Long time best buddy to Al. Always been his drummer. And yeah, and I, we, we play together yeah and you sing beautiful backing vocals angelic voice actually after the show we played last friday so many people were saying to me tom's backing vocals were the real highlight of the show so i mean yeah credit where credit's due exactly perfect harmony thanks guys (laughs) (laughs) it's sunday afternoon we are at al's place in sydney new south wales australia palms are back Palms reunion tour 2021, baby. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, it just, it's it's kind of weird. Like, it doesn't, it's, I think because Palms occupies so much space in my brain or music occupies so much space in my brain, yeah. it doesn't feel like it's been that long. But then I'm like, oh, it's actually been like five years. Yeah. Which, what was yeah. the last show? Like 2015? Um, I feel like we've played, I can't remember what the last, I feel like the last show we played was like for some like Southern comfort thing at the Botany View, but Owen, oh, Owen true. played guitar. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that, yeah. We played with Bloods. Yeah, yeah. That was like January 2016, I think. Yeah. I maybe. was there. 
Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you've probably Whoa. got a better memory than me, so I reckon that's that would be right. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, four years, really, without having played. And then, yeah, because, like, Dion was in, moved to Melbourne. Melbourne, yeah. And he was there for about three years, and he had a kid, and Brendan had a kid, mm. and then... Uh, we've been. I've been doing straight arrow stuff. Tom's been working on like a solo thing, and I don't know. It's just easy to get like. Oh yeah. You know. Distra- well, and last year didn't count. No one did anything last year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, because that's the thing. We recorded the EP at the start. Well, kind of the end of 2019, and put the finishing touches on the start of 2020 with the plan that it would come out midway through last year. Yeah. But then the whole kind of we just wanted like the, one of the biggest impetuses for recording your music was that we could play shows together like, we're just, yeah. like, just want to like have reason to play and then like go to interstate and see our friends in other bands you know around yeah. Australia so when it was like oh we can't play shows it's like well there's no real point in putting the music out mm. and then it was like well it got to the point where it's like well who knows how long it's going to stay like this so yeah, true. let's just put it out we'll play shows when we can and how we can and you know, so it's fi- some stuff's finally out, yeah. Yeah, well, you swerved people at that, at the aforementioned uh, Blood Show uh, with Friends of the Show Bloods at Crowbar. Oh, yeah. Uh, November last year. Hell yeah. It, it, tricking people into coming to see the Al Greek experience. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because that's they, um, Bloods asked me to support solo. And I, I mean, I don't mind playing solo, but it's not my favorite. As in, like, I'd rather play with uh, the band. Yeah, of course. And, like, I'd like to be up on stage with my friends rather than just on my own. So. I was like, oh, and everyone was here. And it was, I think we just had a conversation with Dion about like, do you want to, you know, play in the band still? And how's your, you know, f- how are you feeling? He's like, oh, no, I'd love to, you know, play in Palms again now that I'm back in Sydney and blah, blah, blah. So then when they asked me, I was like, actually, why don't I just see if the guys in Palms want to like do this, a few songs of this thing? And then everyone was like, yeah, hell yeah. Like, I thought it would be too short notice because I was, I think it was only like a week away from the show or something. But everyone was like, no, let's do it. Like, we'll have a practice. And yeah. It was cool. Bloody beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's like a really good time to do shows actually because people are a bit starved. Yeah. So every, sure, show, yeah. every show seems magical. Like the one that Red Riders did as well at the Enmore. It, yeah. It seemed super nostalgic and had really lovely vibes. Now, that was yeah, one. No, yeah. no one fucking saw that one coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least of all us, I think. Uh, yeah, that was a, that was another funny one where just uh, my friend Modi, who books for Century Venues, who, right. booked, who booked the Enmore, um, they'll put together this like kind of comeback gala thing and mm. yeah, it's always, yeah. And then he just asked us and again, we were like, oh, we're all in Sydney and yeah, Everyone's everyone should do shows right now. It feels so fun, so nice. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. And we mm. love a, yeah. I mean, Red Riders is the kind of thing like we'll only do something if people ask, like if people ask us, you know, like, yeah. I don't think we want to be the ones like being like, we're back and like trying <laughs> to push this thing, you know, but it's like if somebody wants to, if someone wants Red Riders to play and it seems like a cool show, then it's a good chance we'll do it, I reckon. <laughs> we're ad, putting out an ad right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Red Riders to come, play. Come at us with your ideas. <laughs> they will take back any and all comeback promises. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, just like a couple of years ago, fucking Motley Crue like, wrote up a contract being like, yeah, we'll never tour again. Uh, and then they fucking <laughs> tore up the contract. <laughs> it's just like you <laughs> I know, it's like, yeah, we're definitely last show ever kind yeah. of thing. And then it's like, oh, we're back. It's, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Why not? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I always think, I do think it is funny though when band, like I understand if a band has like a huge falling out or something to like say this is the end, but it does yeah. kind of sometimes feel a little bit funny to like be really hardline about putting an end on something because obviously you don't really know what's going to like. Mm. 
come up or what's around the corner. And I know yeah, that people, yeah, yeah. you know, like I know there's a nice sense of like closure. And I think we did that with, we had our last ever sort of Red Riders show when we decided to stop doing the band. Mm. But yeah, I don't know. Like now I feel like, oh, you just, you can just leave things there. And if you want to pick them up later on, then do it. And if you don't, don't. I'm like, yeah, you know, there's no, you don't have to be so hard and fast about everything. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah it's interesting. Um, oh, God, me and names. <laughs> From Blue Juice. Jake. Jake Stone. Yeah, chiming in on Facebook about how, like, Stab won't... Uh, I don't know if I should even say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's it's well-documented Jake and Stab are um, not on the best of terms. But, yeah, yeah. He, he was, yeah, yeah, Jake was like, do more Red Riders stuff. I'm so desperate to see Red Riders. Because <laughs> uh, I posted that yeah. little like video of us playing at, at, at the, the Emor, yeah, at the Emor, and and he was he was like, "Don't be a stab, do like you know, <laughs> Don't actually, be a stab. yeah, actually, <laughs> be shy. It's like, yeah. fuck, so, that is that is that is so specific, fucking 2000 <laughs> Sydney folklore. <laughs> Don't be a stab. Don't be a stab. Okay. Oh God. He's he's very sweet. Well, speaking of 2000s indie folklore, let me take you back to where I met you guys for the first time. Ooh. You will not remember this. The year is 2006. Oh no way. Okay. The venue is the Shell Harbor Workers Club. Oh. I am 15 years old, and Red Riders are playing with. Two different ends of the uh, musical spectrum, the living end and end of fashion, yep. on a national tour. I believe this is uh, in support of the State of Emergency record for the living end. Yep. Uh, and Red Riders are opening. Uh, I'd been listening to you guys for about 18 months or so up to that point because Tune In, Tune Out had been thrashed pretty regularly on Triple J. And yeah, I was just as excited to to see you guys as I was all the other bands on the bill. And I've been a punisher to you guys for about 15 odd years now. (laughs) And uh, you've always been incredibly courteous. Um, Do you remember this tour? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I remember that we were like, it took some convincing for us to do it, actually. We were like quite we, snobby. We thought we were too cool. We thought we were too cool. For living end. And we definitely weren't, but in our yeah. sort of um, <laughs> early 20s in a city Sydney way. But our record label guy, Andy, at the time was just like, dudes, don't be stupid. Like, go on this tour. It was and such like, an amazing tour. Yeah, we had the best time and everyone was like so lovely to us and then but yeah and yeah. also in fleshing out that thinking ourselves too cool it was just because at the time living end were the triple j band they were mm. enormous on triple j oh yeah they'd been um, flogged for like a decade straight yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah and so it was kind of like yeah so and it was kind of the only way that a band like that that our band red rise could ever have done that much regional touring like yeah. it was so um you know, because we got to play in like Cairns and Townsville and like Logan and yeah, that's you know, Port right. Augusta and like all these places where it's like, you know, you just wouldn't ordinarily get to play as a band of our size. So it was like such an amazing opportunity. We met so many it people, was. and there's still people that I meet now who are like, "Oh, I saw you guys play in like Cairns. <laughs> I saw you yeah, play yeah, like yeah. all over you know, all these places around Australia." It's like it was incredible to us. Yeah, yeah, we had so much fun. Yeah, and then uh, when when you're on tour as well with any band, you always mm. fall in love with their music as long mm. as it's half good music. And that was, I mean, we were. Fans of Living Enders in from high school, yeah, as it was. yeah, yeah. But really great tour uh, to see a band of that calibre, hundred yeah, percent, pull yeah. it out every night. Yeah, they're amazing live. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then we actually meet oh, again, probably 
I'm going to say like three odd years later um, when you're doing promo for the second Red Riders oh, record. Oh, yeah, in Colour, yeah. The, the very yeah. same. Underrated gem in the <laughs> in the archives, if you ask me. Oh, thank you. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. you might be the only person that likes it. You're Look, my friendly trainer. The only people that like it. <laughs> well, dude, I mean, out of all the songs you fucking could have played, you picked Ordinary for the yeah. um, for the Enmore. Well, Ordinary is kind of Adrian what... didn't even play on that song. <laughs> yeah, no, true. That was... We were meant to play... Because originally with the Enmore thing, we were meant to play three songs. Like yeah. one cover and then one uh, uh, each song, and we're going to do sliding next to me in ordinary. Oh, nice! And then yeah, then I think we just looked at yeah, this, like whatever. one song by each songwriter. Yeah. yeah, and then it was like, oh well. Then they were like, oh, it's just going to be two songs. And so then we just looked on Spotify and <laughs> looked at what was the most played song, and I was like, okay, ordinary is the most played. So it was like, there you go, there you go. It seems like that's the one. I guess I'm hear. not the only one then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's funny that it is interesting that that song, like, yeah, from. That has sort of become a bit of a like, I guess, like has stood the test of time, which is, I mean, super nice. But um, yeah. I don't even think we're going to put it on the record originally. We've made so many, we've made so many dumb decisions if oh, we're left dude. to our own devices. <laughs> hey. But um, no, it did end up making the record, thankfully. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, then just I would see you around fucking everywhere, you know, like <laughs> ev- I think we would have been at this lot of the same gigs for like, you know, years. This was yeah. even before Palms had formed. Even outside of that, I'd just see you at like the IGA or whatever, you know, <laughs> it went from being like, oh shit, that's out from Red Riders to being like, oh yeah, of course you're here. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> He's doing his like, weekly shopping. Yeah. Hell yeah. And, you know, we became pretty, pretty good mates out of all of that. And, Hell you know, yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 I gave you the honorary title of Sydney's oldest teenager. <laughs> I'll take it. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I mean, you were living the dream, man. You were playing in like three bands. You were still working at Cream. Like, yeah. you know, just like, you're just, you're living the fucking indie rock and roll fantasy. <laughs> yeah, or nightmare, depending on. Uh, <laughs> well, from the outside, at I'm it. sure it was great. I'm like, on the inside, it's just like, I'm falling apart. Yeah, exactly. Get me out of here. <laughs> no, I was like, yeah, that's amazing. I don't think I would have done all that stuff if I didn't enjoy it. I've, yeah, yeah. always loved playing music and it kind of just keeps drawing you back in like I think that was part of this Palms thing too is like I remember like after the second Palms record we did a big tour and I was like felt like super burnt out of just like oh I'm really tired of like being on social media like every day yeah, trying to like yeah, drum yeah. up you know, like trying Interest, to yeah. Yeah, and like push shows in, in creative ways that aren't just like, please come to this show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I got so burnt out that I was like, I don't need to take a break from this. And I like got more of a like real job and all that sort of stuff where you kind of like feel like, okay, time to put some balance back in my life. But then yeah. it definitely went too far where it's like, oh, I can't stop doing this thing that I just like really love doing like making yeah. music and being creative and hanging out with my friends and that's it. being involved in, in in the community city music community so yeah mm. um yeah just it sucks sucked sucked me back in yeah, yeah. <laughs> i well, like as well yeah. uh, uh, as an idea which i heard um a director talking about is like if you can do an art form like really really well you kind of have a responsibility to do it like yeah i like that, I can say that. yeah and i think if you can write songs like i can you kind of um yeah, have a responsibility. To yeah, it. you're obliged. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Change, change to the, yeah. change, change to the guitar for the <laughs> rest of, of my balls, life. Baby, yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Wally, I knew you kind of tangentially, you know, because I, yeah, but like, I don't think we ever really properly talked until Palms started. Like, mm. I, just because you know, you you guys were you know playing a lot around the early 2010s in particular, mm. like. I'm curious about the kind of, like, generational thing where it's just, like, a lot of people would know you two as the guys from Palms, whereas, you know, 
older people know you as the guys from Red Riders, you know? Like, did you find that with, like, a lot of younger people coming to shows, especially, like, circa, like, you know, like, mates and, like, that Mm. whole, like, mid-2010s era in particular? Like, there was a whole bunch of kids who, you know, would have been way too young to have gotten to see you guys play back in the day. Mm. And now getting to see you in this new kind of, like, role, like, was it it kind of surreal, like, having this... I I talked to Spot about this, you know, because he had a similar thing where he was, like, massive... You know, in the early two yeah, thousands, yeah. had when that cult had following, and, and then everything. yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you know, spent some time away, and then kind of became like the new old guy on the block. You know, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, something that comes up in the industry is you kind of you want to be quite prolific and generate quite a lot of uh, songs so that you can put out albums pretty regularly because you you only get to keep an audience in Australia generally whilst they're at, at uni. That's when yeah, people right. go out, like in terms of a big yeah, audience, and that's when people kind of go yeah. out to see crowds. Yeah. And so like, yeah, in Red Riders, we'd go touring and we saw and, and, and playing to like all ages shows as well, but up to uni age kids. And then you kind of like, you kind of lose those people into the workforce and they have families or yeah, whatever. Yeah, they, yeah. Stop, they stop going to shows. Totally. And so you kind of, uh, you get older and then you like head out with a new band like mm. Palms and it'll it'll just be interacting with a completely new set that have come through, like mm. new new people, new yeah, other yeah, bands yeah. as well. Yeah, you do feel a bit old sometimes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, yeah, I feel like super grateful though that like we've kind of managed to like, you know, to almost have to two lives or two like yeah, yeah, yeah. bites of the cherry or something you know because I guess yeah for a lot of people you kind of like maybe have your first band and then you sort of never really escape it whereas yeah. I feel like yeah. I feel kind of lucky that yeah there are heaps of people that would just know us as yeah palms yeah. now and not as opposed to Red Riders or you know and that's kind yeah. of that's super cool I feel like really like grateful that we've been able to do that yeah, yeah. and to I guess make music that feels relevant to you know another sort of generation of people as well which is sure. which is cool yeah yeah yeah, yeah. At least stays relevant or something yeah 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 so i begin these by tracing back the initial interest in music specifically where it changed over from being something that you were watching on tv listening to on the radio etc to being something where it's just like this is what i want to do i want to sing i want to play an instrument i want to be in a band like all that sort of mm. stuff um well, we'll start with you. Can you tell us how music kind of factored into your childhood and your upbringing and if there was any kind of moment for you where it's just like, that's what I want to do? It was It was actually Mark Olsen. He looked really cool on the drums. He was drumming f- like from year four. I was in year seven and I was like... Oh, so this, this was just a kid at your school? It was a kid at my school. And he <laughs> I was, was like, who's Mark Olsen? Yeah, I'm just like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just like... Was he in like the water boys or something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, Mark, and everyone was like, "Wow, Mark Olsen's so cool. He can play rock beats." And I just, I wanted to be that cool, and so I, yeah, I started. I started learning drums in um, in high school. We, I was in a like for a talent show. We put a band together and did like covered um, living end songs. Um, oh no, shit! But, yeah, funnily enough, fuck, so, funnily. so it came full circle. Yeah, yeah, Prisoner of Society. Uh, well, we did it with Tainted Love, which isn't their uh, song. They yeah, yeah, yeah. But their, but their yeah. rendition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's classic high school doing covers of covers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally. But yeah, uh, and then I went to like after high school, like I've, I was always, I was really active in an orchestra's, like high school orchestras, went overseas with an orchestra. Really? Yeah, like just a kind of a high school, like not, not very high You were on the timpanis? I was on the timpani, yeah. Yeah, baby. Yeah. And, <laughs> Huge. Um, 
and then came back, went to art school, and was pretty much about to give up on drumming because um, no one would let me. Like I was drumming in this garage, and someone sent me a letter saying it's too noisy. So I was going to sell my drum kit, and then I ran- randomly ran into uh, the Red-, Red Riders guys at a, a Dappled Cities gig at the Spanish Club, and um, they were looking for a drummer. And I played the drums, and so it was like, oh, cool, okay, like. And then we started like rehearsing up songs that Al and Adrian already had written up, like mm. like pretty. Yeah, um, we made like a drum. We did a demo with like my cousin playing drums, I think. Mm. Yeah. So they were pretty completely ready, but yeah, then it was always like at art school. Like I did a couple of degrees at art school, and I still like visual art, still a huge part of my life, but. Uh, all the time, it's kind of been music and art. Yeah, like I'm always kind of bouncing between projects and not necessarily succeeding at either. But like, um, <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, now now it's kind of as much about friendship, I reckon. Mm. Like, because, yeah, my best friends all, all play music and so it's, it's a nice way to hang out. Yeah. Yeah, hell um, yeah. But yeah. yeah. Grixie, what about you? I have always been obsessed with music since I was child i reckon like i've always i have heaps of memories of like jumping around on the trampoline pretending that like i was on stage like performing for like everyone yeah, like, yeah, yeah. or every blade of grass was like a person or something and but also i sang one of my first perform performances in uh, inverted commas was singing a kylie minogue song over the loud speaker at school like i don't in, prim- in primary school <laughs> and they did like i did sing the whole song and then i even did like the instrumental breakdown and it was like one of those things where it was like it wasn't like at assembly. You it was like everyone was in the, the classroom. Yeah, it's like, oh, which song? I want to hear. It was a song from like um, one of her album, early albums. It was called "Got to Be Certain." It's a bit of a deep cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a deep Can you sing the breakdown for us right now? <laughs> oh my god! It kind of went from this like, um, and I'm not gonna take that anymore. And then I mean like more. <laughs> This is so cute. How old were you when you sang that? Actually, doing it. I would have been about. Well, I think I was in year two. So oh my god! Like, oh my that god. Is seven adorable. or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh goodness! Um, so that was a bit of a hilarious thing. But yeah, so then I've always just like loved music, and then I got more into like alternative music. I had two older sisters, and my cousins were really into like The Cure and the Smashing Pumpkins, and all sort of you know stuff like that. To the Jesus, to the Jesus and Mary Chain, uh, My Bloody Valentine, those kind of bands. So that really yeah. ride that got me into like in more like indie rock and stuff like that. And then yeah, yeah, yeah. But it wasn't until I think around 2001 and I was like obsessed with the Strokes. And of course. Uh, yeah, of course, as every, yeah. indie rock, oh, yeah. in, every, every indie rock boy was at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I met Adrian from Red Riders through a mutual friend of ours uh, who also, well, one of my best friends who went to art school with Adrian actually introduced us because he knew we both liked the Strokes and that kind of new rock stuff. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and we both wanted to start a band. So then I met Adrian and then... That would, but that was, yeah, that was kind of, oh, I did play in a band in uni as well with some friends and stuff. We played a couple of band comps at uni and things. Mm. But Red Riders, I think, was the first time that we I'd really, like, 
taken it really seriously and been like, this is something we're going to do. And I yeah, think yeah, the, yeah. the fact that we were lucky enough to kind of get attention fairly early on and, you know, like well, sign a record deal. You've been writing songs things. as well, like for yourself. You, hey, yeah. Like both you and Adrian had a bit of material just going into that band. Mm. And so it was quite good quality quite immediately. Yeah, yeah um, true. In terms of the songwriting, yeah. which, you know, I didn't have a hand in, but mm. it was... It was <laughs> yeah. I guess what I'm trying to say is the interest in the band and the interest in and the, the fact that the shows were good and people were kind of like wanting to see the band kind of kept me doing it in a way where it was like I think I kept in my mind I always had this like you know I'd finished I'd done a degree at uni and I was like I'm going to put it off I'm going to put off working for like a couple of years and focus on the band but then I'll you know when I'm like 21 I'll start a job and it's like when I'm 25 I'll start a job you know and it just kept moving as it was like well there's still just interest in this band and in this mm. music so it yeah, just yeah, felt yeah. like I'm just going to keep doing it until it's just such a big part of you that you're like oh I can't really stop doing it and I think that's the thing that had like reason like me and Tom are so um, close friends and also that we've kept doing creative stuff together is that we're both people that really value creativity in yeah. life and yeah, feel yeah, like yeah. that um, and making art yeah making art and being a creative person is is and of itself a valuable thing so I think the fact that both of us have like creativity at the center of our lives means that we're always interested in pursuing creative endeavors sometimes at the expense of you know, other aspects of life, I guess. And that's, I guess that's what we have kind of in common and keeps mm. us yeah. sort of making music together. Yeah. Did you both grow up in Sydney? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was, I grew up in like Epping, like in the Northwest kind of suburbs and Tom yeah. grew up on the Northern beaches. Yeah. Mm. Right. Yeah. So pretty immediate access to music then. Like you pretty much hop a train and you're, Right into the thick of you know going to shows and all that yeah, sort of yeah. stuff. Hell yeah, yeah. You could. I mean, I remember that, uh, when I was in like high school, they, the Metro used to do like all ages shows of like a Sunday afternoon. There's like a three o'clock yeah, show. I yeah, think yeah. I saw like Spider Bait and something for Kate and Powderfinger like and all. You were definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. more versed though in Aussie music and like mm. you know Triple J kind of yeah that home bake. Like you, you knew all of those bands and yeah. were going deaf at those gigs. What <laughs> were the what were the oh tumbleweed? tumbleweed, God, tumbleweed yeah. so many you times were already so doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Northern Beaches was much more um, warped to to a focus like. Um, that like fat records that, that oh, were bringing yeah. out all those like SoCal kind of pop yeah. punk and yeah it was it was a different scene up there I didn't really like when I joined Red Riders I actually got an education from these guys in just like oh, right. Aussie so, music that I'd missed yeah so you were more like Bad Religion No Effects yeah yeah, yeah. exactly yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Billy Colin um, Lagwagon yeah and Pennywise. And then, yeah, like a young Blink One Eighty Two. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah. I didn't even care how every record sounded the same from some of those bands, but yeah, it was just like cool. No, nah, dude, yeah. it was a, it was a, it was a time and a place, and there was some fucking tunes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good yeah, times. No, there was really good tunes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, now, that's, that is true because yeah, I think I yeah spent a lot of time going to like I went to like all of first like four or five home bakes and mm. you know that oh, was such yeah. a big thing for yeah. for me. I didn't that know that scene existed like, at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so so uh, yeah. Kylie, notwithstanding, <laughs> do you remember the first time that you played live or performed live? I'm trying to think. I remember. I do remember he was like early shows I did a bunch of solo shows like playing like the Cat and Fiddle in Balmain and stuff like that on my own and I did like I played yeah I played (laughs) the uni band the uni band comp is probably the first time I think 
with a band, like friends band, where like we played songs and I sang in front of a crowd. What was that band called? Uh, oh, interestingly, it was called After the Fall. But <laughs> then we got we got a note letter from the because there was a there was a local band from the thing the Central Coast called After the Fall. Yeah, which and is then, funny because there was also a US melodic punk band uh, called After uh, the Fall. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. Then we got like a you have to change your name thing. So I can't remember what we ended up. Maybe we never played again. I can't remember now what happened, but. Yeah, the manager. They must have seen us, like, even, like, advertise at the Macquarie Uni Whoa, Band Comp or something. Oh, that so, is weird. Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> so it seems a little bit over the top. But, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, that was one of the things. But I do remember the very first Red Riders gig, which was, like, at the Annadale Hotel on, like, a Tuesday night, I think supporting a band called The Architects. And oh, we were meant yeah. to play our first gig. At we would have also had to change their name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, um, I think we were going to play our first gig on the, the, the Friday night, the Spanish club, but we got offered this other gig, so we took it. But we were like, um, we just all, I think, played the entire show with our eyes, like, closed, yeah. like, just like, oh, trying yeah. to get through it. And then we like, got off stage, like, all just like, hugged or something. We were like, so excited. Yeah, yeah. It was like, oh, it was. Yeah, there's it was. a photo of you guys hugging, <laughs> and it's so cute. Aww. Yeah. Yeah, I was so nervous. I would just stare at my symbols and pretend not to be there. What was your first show? Uh, it would have. It was back in high school with that, like where we were covering Living End songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. On, on. Yeah. Did you play like the hall or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Playing, playing in the school hall. Um, so cool. Were people with kids cutting sick? On uh, oh, nah, but I do <laughs> remember like people being like, yeah, that improved stature that you feel when you're you know because you've done music and people are like oh you can play in a band and, and yeah I was like yeah I'm cool now fuck <laughs> <laughs> yeah I realised uh, our high school there was a band that played at our high school um, school hall and they played Rage Against the Machine Bulls on Parade and I was like oh. they even did the, like fuck you I won't do what you tell me and <laughs> I was killing like, in the name oh, of- oh sorry 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 <laughs> killing in the name and I was like I was like, oh my God, like they're like <laughs> swearing in school. It was like Ooh, so cool. <laughs> Look out. That's so exciting. Yeah. But, um, but everyone was going, was like fully cut and loose. Still yeah. It. yeah. Well, yeah. Seeing as there's not much to report pre Red Riders, yeah. what do you remember about the first Red Riders tour? Oh, first Red Riders tour might have uh, been supporting- Going down to Melbourne, like, it would have been. Oh, yeah. And like, oh, yeah, playing at the Palace, what's that on the Palisade? No, what's that? The Palace? It was in Kilda. Oh, Esplanade. It was in Kilda. Oh, the Esplanade. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, oh my God, that was so funny. Yeah, that would have been like the front bar. Yeah. yeah they, they had this like big, I think it was like, it was. they had a metal fest going on in there. Of and, course. And we played after a band called like- Dreadnought, and it was like I think we were like so nervous because it was like all these <laughs> like get accidentally booked for this. Game I don't really, I can't remember how it works. Like if, Red Riders, yeah, yeah, totally. I don't know. I can't remember. I can't remember. They're the thinking like Riders of, of the Apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I'm like I can't really remember like how Alicia booked us for that. Yeah, like if, our manager if at the, the time thing was on like an elsewhere in the pub, but then we were playing the front bar. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. We came on after a band called Dreadnought. Crossed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Came on after a band called Dreadnought. We thought. It was just like full of like kind of like bikey looking dudes and stuff, and we were oh like, "Oh my no. god, we're gonna like we're like a little indie band from Sydney, like we're gonna go down like a lead balloon." But people <laughs> actually like really got into it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think we said that on stage, and we're like, "Oh, we're really nervous," and like Melbourne loves you. So <laughs> oh. Shout it out, like sick. <laughs> oh my god, um, that's right. So but then young. I think our first like tour tour was with the cops. 
Oh, we supported true. the cops yeah. for like their oh, EP right. tour or album launch or yeah, something. Yeah, well, that that track. So I think Stomp on Tripwires was like 2004, and your first EP was 2004. Yeah, that yeah, was, yeah, oh, yeah. There you go. That would be it. Yeah, and we played wow. like Corova Lounge in Ballarat and. I think maybe Ding Dong in Melbourne or something. Yeah, that tracks. Somewhere mm. around like something like that. But that was one of our first kind oh, of tours. Man. And they were like lovely guys. They were like, yeah. it's so funny when you're in your early 20s and people that are like four years older than you seem like, oh, they were like, it's just yeah. like, oh, took us under their wing. Like yeah, these yeah, older yeah. They would have been like 25 or something. And we were like 21. And we're like, oh, wow. yeah, we looked up to yeah, them. But yeah, yeah, they were yeah. like really lovely, lovely dudes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think that was the first. Tour. We just did so many shows though. Hey, Red Riders, we were just constantly yeah, touring. Yeah, she really, so, kicked, she really yeah. kicked off for a while then. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. F- when we did eventually sign with Ivy League, they put it in our, our contract that we would have to buy a band van just for touring. Yeah. Like, so it was kind of like, yeah, you get an advance, but you have to spend it on a Tarago. Um, because they wanted us to, to like, tour. to tour and, yeah, and get tight as a band and, and also. Um, promote the band that yeah. way through touring which worked yeah. like, it totally worked oh totally and it was also like I guess it was that time before everyone just flew everywhere like just before mm. really. yeah, I mean, yeah, it, yeah. Still, it still made more economic sense to drive whereas now it's like who has the who has the time or who you know mm. it's, it's kind of it's kind of so affordable in a way to fly that you just end up flying everywhere now yeah totally rather than driving but yeah we used to drive everywhere we just yeah it's all kind of blurs into I can't even really specific I remember those first Melbourne shows being yeah. really amazing and then I remember like yeah, and then I'm like, I think the cops too are, but it's just so many shows. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, dude. It really worked that, like, especially that Living End tour. So many people saw us on that tour and started calling into Triple J. Yeah. It was like our kind of Triple J-ness and getting into the Hottest 100 was yeah. Yeah, it was like, like largely due to that tour. Mm. And I feel yeah, it was like, like... 95, 96, which, you know, nothing to be sneezed at considering there's like thousands of songs yeah. released every year yeah that's the only time it's actually yeah I think it was totally because that's the only time I've ever been in the Hottest 100 that's and right, it was yeah. off the back of like that yeah and just kids calling in and because yeah. um, they'd see us on that tour yeah, so, yeah calling yeah. in Triple J yeah. Yeah. And there's so many yeah peaks and valleys across that entire trajectory like going back to what you were saying before about you know being very entrenched in you know like the quote-unquote home bake scene and, oh, yeah. you know, those lineups and stuff like that, you know, I can imagine would have felt pretty full circle and meant a lot to you to actually get to play home bake because oh, you got yeah, to play yeah. it a couple times. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, it was like, it was, it is, it was a, that was a huge feeling, I think, finding you having those experiences where like, oh, like five years ago, like I was a punter at this thing and then now here I am like on stage playing or something that's pretty like a yeah. cool feeling, I think. And you're, yeah. you know, you're like, 15, 16 year old self would have been kind of like blown away. I yeah, think. for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like pretty wild. Yeah. yeah. And playing um, the Metro the first time and yeah. stuff like that, that was because Metro is always my favorite venue. Yeah, Metro is uh, big best. family, like favorite big venue. Yeah. And which it's not. I mean, as you've gotten older, it's like, it's not actually that big. For me, the Metro is the perfect size of like, it's big enough that you feel like there's heaps of people there. Yeah. It's a, you, you feel like it's a big show, but then it's still small yeah. enough that you're like, it feels like intimate and... Yeah, you know, it's, it's a, it's a it's perfect balance for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, what was it? So, the first band we played with the Metro, that was a big moment for Red Riders. Remember, we booked Franz Ferdinand. Yeah, oh, it was yeah. 30s, yeah. So that would have been like, that also might have been around 
2004, 2005? Because that it was it, 2004. Yeah, I think yeah. They just put out the first EP. Maybe. They, yeah. They well, their were, first album was 2004. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh, then, yeah. and I think they came out that year for Splendor. Mm, yeah. That so that sense. would have been their sideshow on the yeah, back of that. Yeah. yeah. Just as they were blowing up. And no. we were kind of lucky because they toured mm. America, I think, just before, and and they'd let the booking agent like book them supports, and they like were like we played with so many bands, like shit bands. They hated a lot of the support bands, and like right. they're going to be really involved in like picking the supports from here on out. And then I don't know how they heard us, but somebody must have played them. Our demos. Our demos or something. And they were like, oh, this same band seems cool. And they kind of like asked us to play. So it was yeah, like tight. super, felt very Yeah, very that was special, a massive actually. coup because we, yeah. yeah, in terms of, yeah, for for us anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah. Getting, totally. getting that show because we yeah. had never played it that size before. Yeah. And then suddenly we were supporting an international yeah. band. Because it was two shows in Sydney, right? It was two shows in Sydney and one in Melbourne or something, was it? Or was it two in Melbourne as well? It was well? two in Sydney at least. Yeah. yeah. I remember that. And there was definitely one or two in Melbourne as well. So, and they were like super lovely guys and uh, f- Fiery Furnaces were on mm. the show as oh, well. Oh, yeah, because Eleanor, Eleanor was, was with Alex Kapranos yeah. at the time. Yeah, that's right. And, and they were also just, oh, they were on the cusp of, like, that was the biggest they were going to be in. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. One of the biggest, yeah, in indie. One of yeah, the biggest yeah. yeah, yeah, in exactly. World. Shit just blew up. It yeah. was crazy. Like, hanging, watching them play at Ding Dong Lounge in Melbourne as well. And yeah. Stuff. Yeah, it was just like a really special... Mm. Memorable time, I think, when you get to have like a, your first big so tour experiences like that with Those lovely moments, bands. Yeah. You're like, oh my god! Like, it's so so nice, you know. Mm. Yeah, it feels special. Yeah, that was really yeah. exciting. Well, let's cut forward a little bit. At what point did you kind of realize that the the band had kind of come to its conclusion? Like, you know, there was that executive decision, obviously, to you know see out the band and have these final shows mm. and stuff like that. Like. Uh, do you remember the kind of like months, weeks, whatever the the circumstances leading up to that call, and just kind of just being like, "This is we're we're just drawing a line in the sand here." Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was mostly Al. Like I remember Al being like, "Hey, I think I want to retire the Red Riders name. I've got a new project in mind." And I remember like our management at the time at MeU, like Jade Skelly, was like being uncertain about it, and me too because. All of our shows, like all our performance fees were so much better because we had the Red Riders name. We would play those old songs and then be able to like deliver new material as well. So, we were all a bit apprehensive about stopping Red Riders. But Al, you know, is obviously a songwriter and he he could see something that it, something new, something different that he wanted to do. Like not being chained to those old Red Riders songs, I think mm. creatively... Al got to write in completely new directions and different directions, which would never cohere with playing Slide In Next to Me and like right. <laughs> yeah. danceable yeah. Franz Ferdinand kind of danceable rock. Like it yeah. was it was going in a garage direction and yeah, and so it was ultimately really smart and I, I eventually I was like, Oh, that was the, the right thing to do. Um, but Al completely led that transition and Yeah. Well I think I think even before that it was like because obviously we'd have been the four of us, it'd been you, me, Matt, and Adrian, and then Adrian left, and you know before the second album, and then after the second album, and then Brad joined, obviously, and Brad was a big part of the band for many years, yeah, an amazing guy, and then Matt was going to leave. He'd been studying like business and was going to leave to just kind of start working. And mm. I think it was at that point where I was like, I feel like I'm such a person of like 
uh, how you know I, I don't like like it heaps when the band's lineup changes a lot, especially yeah. when the band is meant to be like a real band, you know, where everyone has a role. So I think once Matt was going to leave, it was like, oh, if it's just me and Tom and two, you know, new people or you know, just uh, r- random folks or whatever, it just didn't feel like the same band in a way as well. And so I was yeah. like, it, it kind of. And I guess at the same time, I was sort of like more interested in a different kind of songwriting that was like, okay, maybe this just feels like the right time to kind of go, all right, that's the end that's of that finished. and put that aside. And, you know, and I think also, you know, like, I think we were so, we're trying so hard to make it in Red Riders. Like, we're trying yeah. so hard to be, you know, like a successful band that, like, eventually it just takes its toll on you and nothing, no matter what you do achieve, ever kind of like feels like enough. And yeah. it was just becoming very unrewarding because it was like we just had such high expectations that we were clearly never going to meet. And so everything about it just started to feel like mm. not good enough. Whereas with Palms, I think going into it, our vibe was more just like, let's just have a band where we have fun and we don't worry about like playing the usual sort of games that you've got to play or playing shows that you don't want to play just because they, you know, might be good for X, Y, or Z, you know? And yeah. it was like, let's just have a good time. And, and so that became the impetus of... Mm. Palms and then everything that Palms did, no matter what, it just kind of felt like a, fu- a fun time, you know, rather than a weight around your neck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You definitely yeah. notice that in the industry when people, if some, if a band has some small amount of success in Australia, they'll have a trajectory in mind, like yeah, and and it can uh, distract you. Like, well, yeah. I don't know, you can get a, a bit bitter and jaded, I guess, after a while if sure. you have, have yeah. in your mind that you're gonna be really good, like great, and yeah achieve i don't know amazing things and yeah when it shouldn't really be the focus that shouldn't be the yeah focus. like you think this is about palms is about getting the fun back into it and finding the thing about it that you really enjoy it was like okay yeah. if we're gonna like have to work you know day jobs to you know anyway like if this is never going to be our career let's just enjoy the hell out of like what we're actually making so that yeah you know, it just feels like a, a joy rather than a, a you know some like burden or yeah well, let's look at two pivotal moments then. Tell me about what you remember about the quote-unquote last Red Rider show and the first Palm show. Ooh, okay. Um, do you... How are you I, I feel like I kind of remember the... Was that Oxford Art Factory, the last... Yes, indeed. Red Riders show? Oh, I was there. Yeah. Oh, sick. Yeah. yeah. It was... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Remember I that? Remember we that. did the... I'm so hopeless. Yeah, I yeah. remember now. And it was... Did we just do the one night? I think it was one night. Was yeah, it yeah, yeah. Two? It was one night there and one show in Melbourne, I think, the day before. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so we did Northgate Social Club in Melbourne, oh, which was yeah. actually really cool too because there was lots of people singing along. And lots of people singing along to like second album songs, which I think was like quite special, I think. Yeah. The album wasn't received. It was all five well of you as well. Yeah, and all yeah. five of us. So I think I think Adrian was on there for the That's Adrian right. songs, for his songs. Then, yeah, 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 and then Brad for Brad songs. Yeah, and then yeah, and then Oxford Factory was like such a special show because it was just like all our friends and uh, yeah. yeah. I feel like we were such a girl brought cake like cupcakes. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. right, Nikki. Nicole? Yeah, 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 yeah. Red Riders really came up in that Sydney scene as Sydney was getting like live music was sort of coming back to Sydney and indie yeah. music was kind of a thing again. So I felt it was so tied into that whole moment 
in time that that show was really special because it felt like all of those people that had sort of been there in the early 2000s and we'd gone out, we, we'd kind of like hung out with and partied with and, you know, been to millions of shows and indie discos and everything with like everyone yeah, was yeah, there yeah. and it felt like this whole, like it felt like a, a beautiful reunion of like the early Sydney scene or something like mm. early 2000s Sydney scene. So that was a special show. Yeah, for sure. And then first Palm show, I think if memory serves, was at FBI Social as a show Lee Tran had put on. Mm-hmm. And we played with Melody Nelson and it was us and Melody Nelson and maybe someone else or maybe it was just like Lee Tran was DJing or... That was, probably, was that before that? Remember we played in our hairdressers, like just you and me? Oh, that was the first Palm show actually, yeah. yeah. Would have sounded terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because it literally just started with the two of you, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think I think also because of the stuff with Red Riders, where we'd been really um, focused on being like a f- you know, like there's four of us and everyone's equal and and but then also the fact that it's kind of harder to it's hard to find people that want to be in a band and have the time to dedicate to being in a band all the time, you know. Yeah. So I think with the two piece thing, the idea was going to be that it's just like it's just the two of us. And then anyone can, else can come and play in the band and it wouldn't matter then if people came and went. Like, we knew that we were kind of committed to it. So, yeah, we yeah, just presented yeah. as us and then anything else can kind of change. But I just think as it as it So, yeah, the first show we played was, yeah, Tom's hairdresser, like, asked us to play in his salon. I don't know what he is. <laughs> is he, like, doing shows there or, like... I don't remember. Yeah. I don't he is that in Darlinghurst? It was um, in Darling, yeah. 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 Ziggy's? Is that the place? No. no. It was called... Uh, what was it called? Man, I'm... Yeah. Yeah, you're blanking. <laughs> but he... Um, yeah. I remember like, I was like, is he going to give you a free haircut? And you're like, no. He's still <laughs> yeah. I know. He still has it. Yeah. 10 years old. I know. How rude. <laughs> yeah. Played in his shop and everything. But yeah, that was the first one. And it was just me and Tom just playing, yeah, guitar and drums. And then it would have been the one at... FBI Social Club and then slowly the Palms line up like as much as it was going to just be the two of us then that line up really started to solidify I mean for a while it was Leroy Leroy yeah previous guest of the show yeah Leroy McQueen yeah hell yeah on bass and he was amazing and like obviously such a fun and talented dude to be in a band yeah amazing backing vocals yeah (laughs) Yeah. at that time and then Dion kind of slotted in and then Dion really became quite a like yeah pivotal part of the band in where'd like where'd he come from vibe um, he's a person that I knew we knew I think we first met him probably years ago he played in a band called Stature Statue um, who were like a Brisbane kind of like post uh, I guess they were kind of like post punky kind of band yeah. um, right. up in like kind of influenced by like at, at the drive-in and that sort of Really? Yeah. Okay. So he, yeah. Sorry. No, you go. Oh, at the yeah. time he was, we we kind of recruited him. He was in Adam Bombs, which was surf rock. Yeah. Um, like guitar band, just instrumental guitar band. Uh, yeah, which suited yeah. us. It was. I th- yeah, I think we had some like mutual friends, and you know, I'd see him around. He'd moved to Sydney from Brisbane and was living right. in Newtown, and and then I think I just asked him one day, like, "Do you want to be in, be in this band?" And he was like, "Yeah, I'd love to." And anyway, he, I think he became he you became did. a really pivotal part of it and quite a big part of like the vibe of the band. Yeah, we went yeah. towards yeah. more classic rock, like yeah. Um, yeah, hooks, yeah, yeah, just with his guitar with playing his- and also his general enthusiasm and, and his tastes and like Thin Lizzy and yeah, he's like yeah. Um, humor and vibe kiss and, and everything yeah. like totally pushing that direction. Yeah, yeah. it was it's just super fun. Yeah. Yeah. When and did, then, yeah, yeah, Brenny. Yeah. 
And then Brendy joined. So Leroy kind of Leroy left because he was just more fo- wanted to focus on Gucci. Gucci, understandably. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I think he left. And then Brendan was really good friends with Dion as well. They're kind of all part. Of, they have this like big inner West kind of crew. They're right, all friends yeah, with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think Dion was probably like, oh, you should ask Brendan to play bass. And yeah, mm. and I'd, I'd known Brendan as well because Brendan would always be out and about going to shows. And, you know, he's been, been he out and about since the 2000s. And, yeah, Fabergettes. And um, him and Beck had a band called The Knits. And, okay, yeah. that's right. So, yeah, then he kind of slotted in. And then it's just sort of like been the four of us ever since. And it felt like, I think, by the time that first album came out, Various people played on that first record, but I think it, that was the, by the time we put it out, it had solidified into the four of us. And it's, the picture of us on the back of the record is kind of like, yeah, I think it had grown out of just being, I think it was just me and Tom, and it felt more like this is like these, these four people is, yeah. is palms, you know, now. So, um, yeah, we've played the occasional show with like, you know, Owen on guitar or Beck has played bass before when Brendan couldn't yeah, do a tour yeah. or something. And like, so we've always been a little bit like more, let's just... Slightly flexible, yeah. Yeah, yeah slightly yeah. more flexible just for ease. But yeah, I feel like that for, you know, and that's why this comeback show, or not comeback show, whatever, the show we played on last week was like kind of sport, felt like real good because it was like the four of us yeah. all together and it just sort of felt sort of right and yeah. Yeah. come full circle or whatever. Was yeah. the first Palms tour the Children Collide one? Uh, yeah, probably. Um, hey, or was it um Velociraptor? Oh, you've got like such a good man. memory. Could you like please give me yeah. your memory? Um, I have the. Uh, we, I think you and me especially have such bad memories. I didn't really need worst. a memory that's jogged by people, and I'm so glad you're here because yes, I think the first tour was a Velociraptor. Yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, because I remember we played. Yeah, I remember just like meeting those guys and hanging out with Jeremy Neal and stuff and yeah. random shows. So, it mm. must have been Velociraptor and then it must have been Children Collide. And that was a, I think that was Deep Sea. Deep Sea Arcade played that tour as well. Yeah, yeah. And Children Collide. Because we'd kind of been friends with Johnny from the like Red Riders days. Mm. I think Children Collide and yeah, Red Riders yeah. had played together a bunch of times. Um, mm. And so, we you know, we kind of already had this like connection with Johnny and I think he was like, yeah, come and he was really good friends with Tom's girlfriend at the time, Nicole. And mm. I think, you know, we kind of, yeah, he was just probably just like, oh, come on tour, you know, with us and stuff. So yeah. that was really special. Yeah, it's great. Uh, that's one of the coolest things as well about starting a new band is you get to work your way up again. Yeah. And, and working way up is when you play heaps and heaps of shows, you get to play all the time. When you get to a certain point, which like the guys in Dappled Cities have discussed with me um, and like in Red Riders where you kind of hit this midpoint of uh, you're like, yeah, where you do international supports when they come in and you might do your own like big show every year or maybe two a year in each capital city. You get restricted to only playing like, I don't know, like 15 shows a year or, or 10 shows yeah. a year or something. And yeah. it, yeah, it feels limiting and it's not what, what it's meant to be about and when you start a new band you get to like yeah, start all, all over again and yeah gig around Australia it was super yeah super fun because everyone knows the best the best um, slot on the bill is main support on a tour like yeah. that is the best because yeah. it's like you're playing in the middle so you don't have to sound check because there's you know the band playing before you and yeah. also you're not the main act the main act has got the pressure to like bring the crowd but then you're playing late enough in the in the you know whole running of the night that it's like 
there's going to be a good crowd for you. Mm. It's just the, the plum spot. Like, I'll yeah, happily I be so good. made to pop for the rest of my life. Yeah, yeah, play yeah. So headline show you again. play your show, you come off, and yeah, you're vibing and amped. You feel like a drink, and then you get to like have a drink and watch the last band, yeah. who you love usually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah, it's such it a good time. Made support for life. Mm. Fucking oh. Yeah. Well, I, I remember, yeah, uh, a main support run that you guys did uh, supporting uh, Bam. Uh, we were talking about off mic cloud control. Oh yeah, hell yeah! yeah on their sick. on their Dream Cave tour in 2013, which yeah. was uh, opened by uh, some absolute <laughs> nobodies. Um, I, what was their name again? I can't really remember. Yeah, it just faded into nothing. Gang of gang of something. Uh, I, I don't remember what happened to them, but uh, wherever they are yeah. now, I hope they're happy. <laughs> yeah, gang of youths opened that tour. That was crazy. They were like definitely. It was pretty, yeah. Like they were definitely performing. Like every show was mm. an arena, which yeah, is amazing. They like, like they were already so they were take, they were very serious, kind yeah. of focused on what they wanted to do, which is like kind well, of yeah, incredible. I think for a nice. young band to have that kind of like focus on what you want. Yeah, but yeah. It's pretty funny it's, to me about them. Well, they, they, I yeah. think as well they were quite serious because they already had had attention from someone in the states who was gonna like they were gonna fly oh, over. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah. And do some recording there. Like they, yeah, they had ambition. It was cool. Yeah, that's actually true. They were going to make their. Uh, they were talking about to some producer who was going to make their record and yeah, stuff yeah. over there and stuff. So, yeah, that was a fun tour as well. That sounds okay. And they were playing. They were big rooms. I think it was like the Forum and yeah, maybe the Metro here. Yeah, definitely and stuff. the Metro. And yeah, yeah. So it was like I saw you guys in uh, uh, Wongong Uni Bar. Oh yeah, yeah. hell yeah! <laughs> Pretty much every time I just text you, and just like, can you get me? And he's just like. Dude, we fucking know no one in Wollongong except you. <laughs> Come along. Yeah, I've already yeah. friends. Every Wollongong, um, every Wollongong uh, guest list is just automatically has your name on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so who do we know in Wollongong? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I'll take. You know, I'm, I'm very happy to be the... the uh, Mr. Wollongong. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Wollongong. I'll, ta- I'll take that representative <laughs> spot, you know. <laughs> totally. But I've always, I mean, the gong's such a like, I've always had really fun times playing in the gong. Yeah. It's, uh, Rad bar. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a like, yeah, such a zone. And of course, because I was obsessed with tumbleweed growing up, I was like, I've always sort of like, yeah, I've always like had it like, yeah, the gong, it must be so cool there, you know? Like, tumbleweed, I think, were from Fairy Meadow. And, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was actually really funny. I was just in the gong the other, a uh, couple of months ago, staying with my friend. Um, she, her partner lives there and we just spent the weekend in like Mount Kira or whatever. And it was so funny because we were driving out to the beach the next day and like a dro- car drove past and I was like, oh my God, that's Steve O'Brien from Tumbleweed, like the yeah, drummer. Yeah, yeah, and I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I was I'm like, friends with his daughter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, it's just so funny that like this band that's like so, like, Connected to Wollongong in my brain, and then you yeah. like go to Wollongong and you like see oh, yeah. them, and you're like, oh yeah, they're just around, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's very funny. Actually, I have a funny Wollongong story. Fucking, I remember going to see VOCs at the Harp Hotel in 2009, walking in and seeing you there. Oh yeah, and I was just like, oh hey man, <laughs> what are you doing here? So it's like, oh, I'm playing in this band. This band, Straight Arrows. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I that was that was my first time finding out that Straight Arrows was a thing. Ah yeah, Did, yes. was that kind of in tandem with like uh, around the same time as Red Riders? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, yeah. So Straight Arrows, it's funny because it took us a long time to do our first record. So the first 
Straight Arrows record came out in 2010, but Owen, I think, had approached me about joining Straight Arrows in like 2006 because I have a wow. distinct memory of being in Gould's bookshop, wandering around Gould's bookshop, and I was telling yeah. him about I was telling him about actually that Red Riders were going on tour for the, with the Living End. For yeah, this. yeah, yeah. So it's all yeah, 2006. Holy crap, man, that's so long ago. And then yeah, and then Owen was like, "Oh, do you want to like play in this band?" Owen had actually played in this university band with me. Fuck off! Yeah, because really? he had gone to. Um, so the friend, my friend Jono, uh, who I'd played in this university band with I went to high school with him yeah but he had left our high school to go to um, although he didn't go to Normanus Boys but he went to school somewhere like in the Hornsby area and had somehow met Owen I can't remember how the connection they had to Owen but um and so then, yeah, I connected with Owen through that band. And then we didn't see each other for a couple of years. And then I re-met Owen when Holy so- he was playing in the band The Holy Soul. He was in The Holy Soul? Yeah, he was the original never- summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, that's such a true... I never saw... Oh, Holy Soul with Owen. Yeah. It must have been super early on. Yeah, it was. It was it like was, the very yeah. early days. And yeah. I think I it was at the time when Red Riders and Holy Soul were both kind of like- At the same level. Yeah, kind of taking off. We're both kind of like those like young kind of cool bands in Sydney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I met Owen at a show. I think it was at the opening of Spectrum, actually. We played Holy, Holy Soul and Red Riders opened Spectrum. Yeah. And so um, I met Owen again there. And then we, you know, we just stayed friends, obviously, and would see each other out and about. And then, yeah, 2006, Owen was like, oh, I want to start this band straight he was super inspired by like the Black Lips and um, bands that were kind of redoing, like you know, kind of doing that sort of sixties garage thing really yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. And he thought, oh, I, wanna, I kind of want to get on on that. So yeah, he started this band, and it was kind of funny because it really was the complete for me anyway. It felt like the complete opposite of Red Riders Red Rod- in a way. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Red Riders was quite well, like, Red Riders was very produced and yeah. slick and yeah, fucking. Clean. It's happening. Sounds like it was recorded on a potato. You know. <laughs> Might have been actually. <laughs> no, no, and he could—he probably figured it out <laughs> exactly. Uh, potato power. Oh, um, <laughs> they. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. So yeah. No, we did. We were lucky. We got to we got to tour with the OCs a couple of times here, and then we did a bunch of shows with them in America, like in 2016. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We've, we've been really lucky to, yeah, become friends with those guys and tour and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Sick, yeah. And uh, I can imagine it would be cool to kind of have that kind of double agency as well where you're fronting one band and in this band you get to focus more on like lead guitar and backing vocals yeah. and that sort of stuff you know so kind of inverting what you do like normally yeah 100% I think it's like it's so good to I think if you've got a project that you're like the driving the creative driving force in it's always really good to have a project with that you're just like a member of and someone mm. else is driving because it's like yeah Sometimes it's just nice to kind of separate them out and also remember that it is fun, that it doesn't mm. all have to be like, you have to worry about it so much. Yeah. And I kind of feel like in a weird way, not that it was a conscious thing, but Palms in a strange way is almost like a mixture of, I mean, not a, not a perfect mixture of Straight Arrows and Red Riders, but a bit of that similar, yeah. you know, I think I took a lot of, I think a lot of the stuff I learned playing in straight arrows are sort of brought to Palms. Like yeah, yeah. the sort of more just like the, the fun aspect of it, the, sort of trying to care a bit less and just like mm. let things happen organically and be a bit more silly about stuff I think is something I really learnt from playing in yeah. straight arrows yeah. and it could bring to like palms but then maybe some of the more like songwriting-y kind of stuff that Red Riders had going on you and know? once you're in that garage world like you get so much flexibility like your songwriting you can go into classic rock you can go into punk you can go mm. in all these directions and it's just held together by the jingle jangle of you know, a garage rock guitar. Yeah, yeah, sure. And it, yeah, you, so so much more freedom than what the strictures of like what Red Riders yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. A memory I have as well seeing 
um, Straight Arrows at Purple Sneakers. Uh-huh. And seeing you guys play and play, and you guys played something, something happened. Oh, yeah. And uh, in my head at that time, it totally clicked. It was like, oh, this is a thing. This is really good. <laughs> yeah. um, these guys, these guys are great. Oh my god! Those first straight arrow shows were so like literally fall over stupid. Like the amount of times I f- was so drunk, I like fell over my guitar. Oh, my, I mean, guitar yeah, falling, over, falling over was part of the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was so stupid, but it was and then so you fun. Would, like TP the crowd, like throw toilet oh, yeah. paper everywhere. That was so yeah. good. Oh, it's always yeah. been so yeah. good with yeah. like props and. Oh, totally. Uh, like, I think yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, he. I think Owen is actually. Sydney's oldest teenager. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 Now you've got a real job. Yeah, He's yeah. taken over. I'll pass the mantle on to Owen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Have you had any other like projects outside of of Palms and Red Riders? Well, oh man, I've I've got one on the go right now, which thank God Al's helping me with because <laughs> I, I it's like a synth project, which is it's like a laptop project and it's all electronic. Because uh, like I mentioned before, I've got a background in visual art, so I'm used to kind of working by myself yeah. as either a painter or a photographer. Which is very in a very solo way. I, I was doing that with this synth project, but I definitely got to the point where it wasn't good enough, and I really, I didn't really have the energy to keep just like trying to make it great myself. And then, yeah, once I got Al actually, or Al offered to come and, and play some guitar, yeah, it started making a lot more sense. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think synth you can get really get lost in the world of synth, and and especially laptop projects because you can take every song in any direction and with all of that flexibility you can get lost well there's so many options right like you can there's so many there's endless sounds there's endless like effects there's just endless everything yeah and when it is just you in a room you can you have the time to explore all of that stuff but I guess that's kind of what's maybe good having me there is it's more like you have to make a decision by the time I come to practice the song with you you know so it's like putting deadlines on stuff and because we're working more towards live performance everything gets reduced to what you can play live yeah and which limits the song down to its you know its key components and so everything's gotten a lot more pop and Am I sending you to sleep? My voice does that. He's <laughs> <laughs> got such a nice, um, low voice. Anyway, yeah. Sleep. That's uh, music-wise. That's, yeah. Yeah, it's a side thing. Yeah, uh, nice one. When you're young, I feel like everyone comes up with this very idealistic view of what being in a band is like and what the industry is like, etc. And it's like, you know, because we grow up on like rock biopics and, yeah. and you know like VH1 docos and all that sort of shit and there's always those moments in those movies or biopics or whatever where they point to these specific moments and it's like and this is where the band had made it quote unquote mm. and it's just like it's this very trite idea of like how bands actually operate but I feel like deep down pretty much every musician has those little moments for themselves whether that's getting to play in a certain country or you know like meet a, like someone that mm. you know influenced them in the first place or you know winning an award or playing a venue certain venue or even playing in a certain city or anything like that like we've touched on a few of the these kind of ideas for you guys but like what kind of sticks out to you is stuff that you've been able to achieve across your careers of playing music that it's just like you know this would be super gratifying or practically unbelievable to a teenage version of myself the one that we've already discussed when we when we scored that Franz Ferdinand gig it was so surprising and so exciting and actually just the process like the build up to playing with them and we weren't really like we weren't really solid enough like we weren't really that 
like our, ch- our chops probably weren't that well developed to be no, su- mm, that supporting that like, level mm. of band. Because mm. we did get a bit of buzz and then we kind of had expectations and perhaps uh, later achievements, even though better, on a bigger scale, it didn't have the same like magic and surprise that, that scoring that gig did, yeah. where it just felt like... Oh, we're doing a tour of the Living End, which is a fucking amazing. Like, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. On tours like the Living End, like that. I think it was how many dates? Like thirty something shows. Thirty days. Yeah, that's crazy. crazy. They yeah. take crazy. around their own stage, yeah. their own lighting setup in mm. a semi-trailer all around the country, so they can set up in town halls. Um, mm. We played in like Mildura and like Kingaroy and all these towns. Yeah. Never yeah, yeah, play yeah. in. Yeah. And in in the towns, they'd be like, "We haven't seen a band here since Barnsley," and yeah. uh, it was <laughs> yeah. like touring Australia in a way. Uh, an amazing achievement to get to that point that we could even play with them and, and so exciting but it didn't feel as as magical as that first like scoring that Franz Ferdinand gig yeah, yeah. yeah. it's yeah. kind of like when anything happens for the first time right it's like yeah, oh my yeah, god yeah. this is happening I can't believe this you know yeah, yeah like I think like, you know signing a record deal is kind of like oh my god I can't believe someone's gonna like give us money to make music and you know put this stuff out that was kind of a really special mm. thing but yeah, I don't know. It's it's funny. I kind of I kind of think of the whole of, of, of it on on mass or something. Like I don't really. There's definitely moments where I'd be like, "That's so cool!" Like when Henry Rollins like played palms on his radio show. Yeah, that was yeah. really amazing. Or like when we sold out Oxford Art Factory on that last on the Crazy Rack tour, and it was just like this wild show, and everyone was crowd surfing and like having yeah. the best time. I mean, that was like amazing and, it, and it, like we were talking about before it felt really special because it was like we've kind of you know we did Red Riders and we built it up and got it to this point and then stopped and then with Palms you know it's almost like doing it again for the second time yeah it's almost like you know we, we did it again which is like really special I think yeah um, totally I don't think kind of like you know many people get to kind of get two bites of the cherry like that I've got so. a couple of memories of, of like when we were tracking the first Red Riders album and Andy Kelly came up to um, Byron Bay mm. to was it Rocking Horse, Rocking Horse yeah, Studio, so, yeah. and we were listening to the stems. We were listening to the instrumental tracks. It sounded awesome, like just the in- like the individual yeah. instrumental tracks. I could tell that Andy Kelly was excited. Like I could tell that he was like, um, oh, like he's like this is this could be a met- like really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really exciting. One of the most fun tours I think we ever did was with Go- we did this. It was called Palmarama. Yeah, and it was yeah, Gooch yeah. Palms and Palms. And Leroy and Kat, I just because they're they're like the king and queen of DIY. Like they just know they've always just like taken care of every aspect of their own yeah, yeah, yeah. career. And they like booked this really great tour and we just like all stayed together in all the same accommodation and we just like hung out. I think maybe and Leroy amazing. maybe played bass for us so again good. in a couple of shows Brendan couldn't do and stuff like that. Yeah. And just like Yeah, and I remember that at Rad Bar. That was a wild night. Yeah. yeah. And each day we'd go do something really fun, like in, you know, like in Perth we like went to you know Cottesloe Beach like, go and do heaps of fun stuff yeah and like that, I think that was like one of those like tours where he's like this is so much fun like just waking up every day and, like, you're with like your great friends and yeah. you know touring around together and yeah that was heaps of fun Palmerama was mad Mates yeah, was yeah. mad Mates was one of those really oh. cool things where he's like had an idea of like let's do a festival with all of these friends and all these bands that we've like made friends with playing around Australia. That was a thing of, yeah. like, that. that's become, like, a thing of legend. <laughs> well, yeah, we, we look at the poster it, now. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. It's crazy, like, it's Hockey wild. Down, and, like, halfway down it or something, and it's well, like, Well, Hockey oh. Down opened that Palmarama show. Oh, yeah, they did In too. Wonder, yeah. yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> Fucking, it's crazy. They didn't have enough material for a half-hour set, so they played Jailhouse Rock. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's how green as goose shit so they were. Good. God, they were babies. So yeah, I mean, they're, God, yeah. they kind of still are. Yeah, but, um, and... Oh, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, there um yeah, that was 
I yeah, it was Hockey Dad it. and fucking who else became massive off that? Dreamies. Yeah, Bad Dreams. Uh, DC Death Rays, obviously. Yeah, yeah Velociraptor Play. Velociraptor Play. Mm. Bloods Play. Yeah. Yeah, it was just really cool. Baba Ganoush came up from. Yeah. Came down from Brisbane. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of, yeah. lot of those similar acts also did The Blurst of Times. Back, ah, yeah, 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 which yeah. was, I think, 2014 or 2015. Right, yeah, they're about. Yeah, yeah, so just like. <laughs> it, it's weird to think of like something relatively quote-unquote recent as like zeitgeist but like it was just a, it was just a moment yeah, you know it did feel like a moment actually yeah, yeah. It, it felt like a moment in the same way that indie rock revival in the mid-2000s mm. was a moment you yeah. know but just yeah different eras but you know like yeah. equally just as important for what was happening in Sydney yeah it's actually really funny mates too because it didn't actually like it sold out but it didn't it didn't it took a while to sell out and it was so cheap as well like it just it was like yeah it was like 25 bucks yeah, or it was like 25 yeah. bucks to see all of these bands I was like this Venice, this like Venice, yeah. it was like, and I think it did eventually, but it was just like, come on, people! Like, yeah, like, it was catered. Your mum made all. Oh, yeah, my like, mum made all this like, right, yeah. for, for the bands. It was really amazing. <laughs> so yeah, um, hell. But yeah, it was it was super cool. So um, good. That was just it's like another highlight and stuff. And yeah, I don't know. There's lots of there's lots of little things along the way, I guess. Yeah, that have felt special. I mean, we've been talking about the last. 15 to 20 years of your lives, <laughs> yeah, my God, you know, and like, obviously it's been such a huge part of everything that you guys have done. Do you feel like the motivation to continue to write and play shows and make music and be, a, be an artist in the present tense mm. is still the same as it was when you were first starting out? Or do you feel like it's contextually kind of shifted and changed as you've gotten older I feel like it's changed like I definitely feel like it's changed for me like I think a lot of being an artist and being in a band and everything when I was like in my early 20s was so much of it was tied into like going out socialising that whole kind of you know world of people that we'd see every weekend we'd go dancing with it like you know Purple Sneakers or Spectrum or wherever you know we'd we'd sort of hang out so it was so intertwined with the social aspect of it all and then I think maybe as Red Riders sort of progressed our drive was more like how do we sort of go to this like next level of of stuff and so that kind of changed but then with Palms I mean similarly probably in the early days of Palms it was very social as well and it was kind of going out and seeing all of those bands and everything but now it feels it it definitely feels different because I mean a lot of our friends you know their lives have really changed so it definitely doesn't feel the same but making recording the new EP was like a real joy. We recorded it with this guy Liam Judson from Bellswell Ring up in his studio. Fuck, in, that's a name I haven't Mountains. heard in a while. Yeah, yeah. Oh my he's god, such a talented dude. Mm. Um, and that was really fun. And I, I don't know, it was like, like great key, to be yeah. making music and being creative again. The big difference uh, you're describing is like when you're younger, you have heaps of positive, fo- like positive feedback that motivates you making music. Yeah, yeah. like from your community, everyone's going out, and so. But then as you know, you get older and everyone gets more serious jobs and yeah, falls into like family raising and can't come out that much. And so you're, I feel like, um, and having friends in visual art, like it becomes more about a practice and, and you're like your creative practice. Yeah. Which you keep going. 
but because you don't necessarily have a huge support, like the like community isn't as present in your life just because everyone's yeah. you know having kids and busy and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it becomes a bit more internalized, like and about yeah your own creative processes. Yeah, and I think also maybe it has something to do with like having something to prove. Like I think when mm. you're young, you're like very. I felt like very spurred on by yeah playing with not in a not in like a competitive way, but more in just like you know our dappled cities are are doing something really good like I want to do something really good and, yeah yeah you yeah know, and like and, and kind of make a name for yourself make an impact you know and then I think you know with Palms you know it was a, it was a similar thing I guess make, maybe wanting to like prove ourselves again or maybe it was just there was a real impetus for Palms in like just like wanting to have a good time or whatever whereas I think also as you get older well for me anyway you become more comfortable in yourself you feel like you have less to prove you might end up in like a really nice relationship where you're like quite happy there's a content it's almost for me anyway I think my creativity has always been uh, a, a product of not being content <laughs> yeah so it's been like harder to relearn how to like be creative and and write music and, and find something to sing about when you are can pretty content in your life and I don't really give I don't really feel like I've still have something to prove anymore like yeah. I feel like I've you know not it's not so much that I feel like I've proved it it just feels like I don't give a fuck you know so yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. So that's been a change, I think, as well. It's easy to try to write things when, when you are like basically kind of like happy, and you're like, yeah, life's pretty good, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not pushing against anything. I'm not pushing against anything anymore. I don't think. Yeah, in that it way. makes me think of my friends who are painters, or Mary McDougall, and mm. like where artists, where they just they need to keep making art because they're artists. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, we'll wrap it up here. But before we do that, I ask this of all of my guests. And now it is your turn, Palms. Ooh. I want to know about the best and the worst shows that you have ever played. Ooh, okay. Best and worst shows I've ever played. DJ Y, I wish I could like have some of your memory right now. Because <laughs> <laughs> I um, have the oh, worst. I've a worst show. Oh, I go. Do, yeah. do you go? Because you're ready to it go. Because it was so freaking awkward. At um, that Macquarie Uni show at the start of Red Riders. Like, oh, very, my One God. of the first shows we played. Where yeah, Adrian, one of our like the songwriters in Red Riders, he'd, yeah. he'd um seen Badly Drawn Boy like just before that gig, and and I think um, Badly Drawn Boy had some kind of tantrum on stage. He was notorious for that. Yeah, yeah, right. But somehow Adrian clocked it. That was yeah. He, it almost kind of sounded like cool. Badly Drawn Boy's. It was almost like a shtick that he would do, which was right. like stopping the song like halfway through, like this is crap, like this is crap. Let's stop. Let's start Isn't again. Good enough. Yeah. yeah, and and Adrian, I mean, must have thought that was like a cool thing maybe sorry yeah I oh, know but anyway he we were playing a song and we weren't playing it well so he stopped it twice like legitimately to, to start it again so that we could um we could actually play the song properly and then mm. a third time as a joke and it, it, it didn't fly it didn't land the joke didn't land and everyone was like what is going on it was like why is yeah. this band stopping it like three times <laughs> oh no that was really bad yeah that was that, was, that was pretty embarrassing uh, yeah what about best Best shows. Ooh. I mean, I think we already spoke about the one, like my, my favorite Palms shows was the one at the Oxford Art Factory the, from the Crazy Rack Tour. Yeah, yeah. But also weirdly, and I know that I'm probably just saying this because like, I was on such a high all of last week, but the show we just played, The Lansdowne, yeah, yeah, on yeah. Friday night, which is so weird because it yeah. was like a sit-down thing, but it was like... But everyone was just so into it, yeah. I think that's the thing. It's like it's funny. Like I was, I've been saying this a bit lately, but it's like it's almost like there's like twenty things that go into a show being great. And if you have all of them, it's like one of those incredible shows. And if you don't have any of them, it's like one of the total train wreck shows. Yeah. And for me, those like Lansdowne shows almost had everything. Whereas like the crowd was giving off like amazing energy. 
I think we were like, we played well and also we were kind of feeling like in the zone and like things were just going right for us almost on stage. Yeah, and it yeah. just sort of came together. It sounded really good on stage. And mm. so I think it was just like, oh, and it kind of ended up being one of those shows. It was like, far out. That was so. So perfect. Good. Yeah, so perfect, you know. And yeah, yeah so that, I mean, that is like, one of my favorite, weirdly one of my favorite shows. Yeah, I think. It was lovely. Yeah, which is also a cop out because I have no memory. Like I have the worst memory, <laughs> and that was just like the most recent one in my memory. This is like yeah, uh, that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that'll do. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, God, there's been there's been a lot of great shows, yeah. and there's definitely been more good shows than there have been bad shows. Oh yeah, yeah. When we were with second album blue. Blues and then like touring the second album of Red Riders, there was some like playing with Little Birdie and they were also kind of coming off a peak and they felt like yeah. that tour wasn't very exciting for them. And I, I definitely like some of those shows. I was like, oh, this doesn't feel, doesn't feel right. It doesn't it feel good, that great. Yeah. Very rarely, uh, all our shows generally is so fun. Like it's just, yeah, like that's something as well. Al writes really fun music, even if the lyrics are slit your wrists. Uh, like <laughs> the chance. yeah, the music is is so fun to drum to. It's always yeah, it's always been super fun. Nice one, Palms. You have a new EP. We do, yeah. Intensity Sunshine out April 9th. Um, yeah, five five songs. There's two out at the moment. And then, yeah, there's five more songs. We're getting some vinyl press. Actually, just got the test pressing over Ooh, there yes. on Friday, Arvo. So, it's sounding good. So, we'll get that in production. And, yeah, it feels really cool. Our friend Angie, from um, who I used to play in Straight Arrows with, she oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. did the artwork for us. It's like this really cool picture in her, like, very idiosyncratic awesome. style so yeah I'm feeling really feels really good and like people have been really liking the new music and there's been really positive like reaction so yeah it feels it feels really good I don't know what like I don't really know what happens after this or whatever hopefully we just get to play heaps of shows and yeah, yeah, yeah. go to Melbourne and see our friends in Melbourne and see our friends in Brisbane yeah and- you know, Newcastle and Wollongong and wherever, you know, yeah. like go and like play some play some shows. Yeah. NBC. Just want to play all the time. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, until then, Al, Wally, thank you guys so much for taking the time to speak to me today. Really appreciate oh, it. Oh, thank you, DJY. Thank you for reminding us of all the things we've done in our lives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Having the brain we don't have. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm David James Young and all my friends are in Barbados. You've just listened to a not-for-print podcast, independent Australian podcasting.